0: You're listening to the 9 a.m. Sunday School class led by Pastor Greg Voorhees, Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, Sunday, July 30, 2023. For more information about SVBC, you can visit their website, svbcfamily.com, or find them on all things social at SVBC Emily. Open your drink, and there's dirt down that little crack. You're wondering what is that, and how did it get there? <laughs> So how's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. What's that? Surviving. Surviving. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Well. So, so you're ready for a nap. That'll do it. All right, let's pray. And we'll dig right in here. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. We just thank you for this time as we continue to look in this chapter about being your witness. God, just just show us what you want us to see. Give us the give us the uh, the, the courage to be your witness, the discernment to see those windows of opportunity, and, and just just allow us to step through them. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. All righty. We left off. We were we were finishing up question six on eighty eight last week, so we'll start out with question number seven. I need my Bible right off the bat. I got the uh, I got me a new Bible. My old one, I'm still going to keep my my Sue and the kids got it for me when I had my first church many 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 years ago, but that. That thing was getting worn out. There would be uh, there would be nights. If you ever look at the uh, the gold leaf on the side, there were nights I'd be writing a sermon like in the middle of the night, and I would fall asleep with my my uh, face down the Bible, and I would drool down on it, and like the gold leaf is like off of it. And I, I mean, it's th- th- that poor thing's seen in a few days. I, I mean, it's so I got myself a new Bible. It, it's the uh, it's a thin line. I like it. I like it. We're going to get the proverbs, and it even has the little, uh, it even has the little uh, things where I can help, help find my books easier without having to just flip through it. I've never had the, uh, what do they call it? It's not the, it's not indented. It's, it's, uh, I got a word for it, but but it makes it makes it pretty easy. We're going to be looking at Proverbs 34. It says, the, the conversation between John the Baptist, and we're talking about a few weeks ago when we started this chapter, we saw Nicodemus come to John when he was in jail, he, you know, because he was trying to wrap his head around this thing about these miracles and with Jesus, and he was just trying to figure all this out. It says, the conversation between John the Baptist and Nicodemus in the episode dramatizes Nicodemus's curiosity. He's been seeing things that don't make sense, and uh, sincerely investigating. Read Proverbs 34, which is, is, which, which is the, the uh, verse that John quotes to Nicodemus, and answer the questions uh, the curious Pharisee couldn't. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? So let's look at Proverbs 34. All righty. Proverbs 34, it says this, Who has come up to heaven and come down, whose hands have gathered up the wind, who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak, who has established all the ends of the earth, what is his name, and what is the name of his son, surely you know. So that's, that's, that's the reference in the, in the show that John the Baptist was making. So who's he talking about based on Proverbs thirty thirty four, It's Jesus. So we know and it's one of those five or six things that I, I quote like nonstop up, up here. You know, who, who did create all these things? Who established the earth? Who did all these things? We know from John chapter one, the book of John, not the letters. John chapter one, that, that Jesus created everything that was ever created. You know, he he is the Word. He was he, he was the Word. He was with God. He was God. All 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 these things, but it but it goes into John. Further goes into the fact that anything that was ever created, he created. You know, so we know that we know that he was the one who established the earth. We we, we know that we we see um, we see evidence of, of of him in the Old Testament. You know, where he was coming to the earth and. And going back, and then this—it may even have a bit of a prophetic flair to it. That he came here in the flesh, and then ascended back into the in the heavens. You know, so there's, there's, there's a there's a multiple layers there, and that's the really cool thing about scripture. Uh, the, the scripture has a way of repeating itself, where there will be a a prophetic word, or it'll be talking about something. And later on, it has a way of of, of fulfilling in itself in even a larger way, you know. And, 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 you know, so he may have been making references to the fact that he was here and returned, you know, during creation because he was talking about establishment. But it is still a a greater fulfillment when he came here in, in the in the flesh, you know, was crucified, buried and raised again and ascended again. It, so I think of a few other examples that happen. The one that I always like the most because people criticize Matthew because they try to say Matthew misquoted the Old Testament. Let, let me tell you the, the never, ever, ever, ever question a disciples. You can, you can, you can question my interpretation of Scripture you know, all day long and twice on Sunday and that's okay. You, you know, I encourage you. But when a when, when one of the apostles who walked with Christ for three years gives you an interpretation, that's pretty darn reliable. You, you know, because, you know, we see how much, we learn a lot of cool things in church, you know, in our hour, you know, every single week. This man walked with Jesus. He, you know, we, we see the evidence of things he said to them where, yeah, I've explained, I've explained things in, in, in heavenly way or earthly ways to the people, because they couldn't understand you know heavenly things, if they can't understand earthly things, but I'm going to reveal even bigger stuff to you. So one of the scriptures that scholars beat Matthew up on is, out of Egypt, I call my son. You know they're like, he didn't know what he was talking about. You know that scripture was about Moses. Well, that's in, in its original context, it absolutely was about Moses. However, he also called Jesus, his, his, his son's son, up out of Egypt. Remember when, when, when the, uh, uh, you know, you're looking at Jesus was probably two-ish, you know, and then, and then the, because we know it was after two or three-ish, we know it was, no, it would have been on two because of the murder, the murder of the innocents. You know, so he would have been less than two. You know, the angel wakes up Joseph and says, hey, you know, get out of here. You, you know, they're coming after you. And was he too? They flee to Egypt. And after, and after the king died, you know, what did he do? He called him up out of Egypt. He said, it's safe to go back. You know, and that's when they went home. You know, so we see, we see layers of fulfillment in the Bible where you know, out of Egypt, I, I call my son, he was absolutely talking about Moses. But we see an even larger fulfillment that he also called Jesus up out of Egypt. And we, we see this multiple places in Scripture. The abomination of desolation. Well, I think the, the the destruction of the temple. He, you know, we're actually, uh, the abomination of desolation. A lot of people say that that was fulfilled. You know, when when the temple was destroyed in seventy A.D. But there will be a time that these these prophecies about the destruction. It will be even larger. You know, in in our future when Christ returns. So we, there are these layers. So. So was this scripture, and was it specifically talking about? You know, usually scripture also isn't disconnected. You, you know, so when he's, you know, so when the the guy writing proverbs, you know, when we most of us believe it was Solomon, you know, when he's when he's connecting the establishment of the earth with his his coming and, and descending and ascending, that's he was probably talking about during that creation thing. But we do see that greater fulfillment. But he was, the answer to that question is he absolutely was talking about Jesus. You know, those little things about, you know, the water, holding the water in his cloak, establishing the earth, gathering the winds. That was all Jesus. You know, this, this, was, this was likely Solomon you know, giving a, a prophetic word, you know, about Christ himself. The Old Testament's full of that. There are many, 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 many references to Christ in the Old Testament. If you really dig down into the Old Testament, and that's not what this lesson's about, and I'm going to move on, but, but it, having the ability to have this hindsight, hindsight's always 20-20, we can look at the Old Testament now and say, man, Jesus was all over that thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, He just was. He, he, you know, Many, many references of things in the Old Testament, you know, many of many of the, the prophecies were, you know, they may have been fulfilled in smaller ways. than some of the people that lived in that time, but Jesus fulfilled them in a greater way. He, you know, so the Old Testament is it, I mean, it screamed Jesus from front to back. All righty. So he's the one that descended ascended and came down. Uh, Jesus, we're going to start reading Jesus, the one true king. And we just got a couple more questions. Some people say Jesus never claimed to be God; that he was a good man and a powerful teacher, a humanitarian, an example we should follow. But his followers added the the divine part, which we absolutely know that that's not true. You, you know, Jesus Jesus made lots and lots of claims, you know, of being God. That's 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 one of the reasons why he upset the The Pharisee, so much referring to himself as the Son of man, he, they knew darn well he was talking about daniel 's vision, the forgiveness of sins, they know darn well that the only person has the ability to forgive sins is God, so when he says, "Your sins are forgiven, Jesus made tons and tons of claims that he was the divinity, and he backed it with the resurrection. but there are still people who try to say, no he was just a, he was just a good dude you know he was you know even modern psychology will use things he talks about with with forgiveness as being kind of a principle for, you, you know, things that we should do even in the secular side of things. It, but but so many that was the big thing with the historical Jesus movement. They they they, they try to kind of take the divinity of, of of Christ out and make him this really cool historical figure. You, you know, so so depending on what you talk, when I talk about the historical Jesus, I, I'm referring to the fact of when he had his physical history here. But usually when you hear people talk about historical Jesus, these folks are trying to d- separate that divinity thing away from him and just make him a really cool historical figure. You know, like like you know, like a Gandhi. He, you know, and he was not a Gandhi, he was way more. And in Dallas, actually, is Dallas the Rick's? I think it's his wife. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda in Dallas. But 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 the man in Dallas is saying that's incorrect. Not only were there witnesses to his miracles, accounts collaborated and recorded by multiple people. He also identified himself the same way God did to Moses. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham, I am. You you, you know, he is he is literally I am. What what does what does Yahweh mean? I am What, what is the what is the English translation of Yahweh? Jehovah, I am. So, so Jesus was calling himself directly to them. He was saying, I am the I am. You, you, you know, so Jesus, he, he's making very specific claims about who he is. Uh, so they, they picked up stones to throw at him. We look at John eight fifty eight through 59. It's not a question of whether or not Jesus claimed to be God. Old Testament context makes it clear that he did, which was why the religious leaders wanted to kill him. Rather, the question is, do you believe him? Do you believe him? And if you do, what kind of responsibility comes with that kind of knowledge? Here's a hint and one last look at our key verse. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. As God's chosen people, we are to serve the one true king and worship him alone. And when they, and, and, and then we are to testify on his behalf. To share our knowledge and experiences of God with others, to declare that nothing, that nothing uh, we can, uh, to declare that nothing we do can save us from the consequences of sin. No amount of striving or attaining can satisfy our souls, and no other relationship but the one we have with Jesus can usher in the kingdom of heaven. And I didn't send this clip to David to watch because we're just going to talk about it because it's, it's it's just a four-line it was just a four line clip and it's more trouble for David to have to show than it is. (laughs) We can just read over it at at the very end. Like we said, we saw we saw the clip a few weeks ago in the beginning of the chapter where they're talking in jail. You know, Nicodemus came, was talking to John the Baptist when he was in jail. And this is kind of the way they wrapped it up. Nicodemus, you know, as he was turning to go, he he said, I should never have come. And John the Baptist, he says, all your life you've been asleep which kind of stops Nicodemus in his tracks. He's he's listening, but he hasn't quite turned around. So then John the Baptist continues, make straight the way for the king. He is here to awaken the earth, but some will not want to awaken. They're in love with the dark. I wonder which one you'll be. You you know, and that's, 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 that's a huge question. That's that's a huge question. That's a salvation question right there. Make straight the way for the king. You, you know, the, kind of the references that he was making there was was, you know, he was the one who was the forerunner. He was the one who was making the way for the king. He was... He, he was kind of the historical reference to that is literally if a king was coming, they would go before him. They would level mountains and fill in valleys so that the king could just go on level ground all the way there. They were making straight the way for the king. Well, that's kind of what, that, that's not kind of what, well, that is what John the Baptist was doing and his repent for the kingdom of God is a hand. But, but what, he's saying to, to, to what he's saying to Nicodemus is, you, you know, Jesus is getting ready to really shake things up. You know, but people aren't going to be happy because he's going to be shedding light on things. And again, this is a this is a conversation that was written in the story. This, 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 this conversation is not the Bible. This is this is the story. But but the truth is there that Jesus is coming to he, he's to shed light on things where there was darkness and not everybody's going to be happy because there are people who like the darkness. You know, which one are you going to be? Are you going to be a lover of light and truth? Or are you going to be the one who feels more comfortable with, with the darkness? And, and that's, the only, that's the only uncomfortable thing about a relationship with Christ. You know, He doesn't beat us up, the Holy Spirit doesn't beat us up. We've talked about that. There's a difference between conviction and, and, and being condemning. Satan is a condemning guy. Satan is like, you you horrible, horrible person. You're a terrible, terrible person. You dropped the ball. You are you are you are a dog turd. I I mean, that's 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 Satan. The the Holy Spirit is like, you know what? You've yeah, you made a mistake. You, You know, not happy about it, not happy about it. But let's work on this. Let's get this. Let's work on this thing together. You, you know the Holy Spirit has a way of, of of conviction is is just coming into the realization that you know, yeah, we're doing something that's not altogether right, and the Holy Spirit comes along with us like a coach and he kind of you know you know leads us back in the right direction. He's not condemning. however, th- there are people who will the only thing that's uncomfortable sometimes about the relationship with Christ is because that relationship does have a tendency. Of, of shining light in dark places in, in in our hearts. You know, it's not that, you know, God's not trying to make a squirm. But but sometimes when we really and the perfect example of this is when I when I started the recovery ministry at, at, at New Life. I knew nothing about recovery. The, the, the But this process is they apply recovery of everything, not just drugs and alcohol, recovery of everything, depression, anxiety, all these things it, it It uses the same process. But when I started going through this material, it was shining a light in places in me where I was seeing I had dark places there that I didn't even realize things things that were broken in me that I didn't even understand were broken. And I embraced that because I want the broken things to be fixed. I want the dark places to be light. There are people, though, who have the very opposite response. You know, some people, they, they are so comfortable with, with, with the darkness, their old ways, the things that they've always done, that, that, that they really don't want light. To be shed in there, so th- so the the thing that the thing that John the Baptist was confronting Nicodemus in in, in the show was which are you going to be? Are you going to embrace the light? Because he's getting ready to wake the earth up. Things are getting ready to get stirred up, and they were. I mean, Jesus, Jesus was stirring stuff up. I mean, it was just things were getting ready to happen. Which do you want to be? Do you want to embrace the light, or do you want to love the darkness? Which one? Which one of these folks are you going to be? And that's a question that every single one of us, every single one of us get posed to that question. You know, not necessarily by John the, John the Baptist, in a, you know, in, in, a, in a TV show, but the Holy Spirit will always ask us at some point in our lives, which way do you, which, what do you choose? Which way do you want to go? And we talked about that. Jesus said, I came to, and we've been talking about that a lot lately. Jesus said, I came to God's division. not was bring a sword, not division, not peace. The what was he saying? He was saying that I, I have come to, to make people make a choice. I, am, I, am, I have now come, and, and it may cause that division. We've been talking about that in Sunday school. Sometimes when you witness to family or friends, they might not want to have so much to do with you anymore. You, you know, so there is that division but the coming of christ absolutely puts us and everyone in a position which which do you choose do you choose the light do you choose the dark you know which which, which are you you, you know I'm, i know this crowd i know this crowd pretty well i, I know your choices you, you know I'm not, this isn't I, i'm not but but this is this is the thing and this is the reason when we witness the people and this is why it is important to witness the people Christ came to make people make a choice. Which side? You can't have both. One or the other. Jesus isn't embodied, isn't here. We know that. He ascended into heaven. He says, it's way better that I go because I'm going to send another. And he's, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He can be with everyone all the time. So who now is Jesus using the ask people? to make a choice, light or dark, Jesus or Satan? It's you. You are not the, the body of Christ. You are the mouthpiece of Christ. You are the person that, 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 that Jesus is, is saying we need to give people that choice. Which way are you going to go? And guess what? You're the ones who, you're the ones who ask that question though. You know, and I'm not, what I'm not saying is if God calls you to do this, do this. I'm not telling you not to do this. I'm not saying that you should be like me when I was a teenager in, in, in malls and walk up to people. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? If not, let me talk to you because you may be burning in hell if you don't. You know, that's that. I'm not saying be that person. But what I'm saying is, is be a reflection of Christ. You know, speak Speak the way He would want you to speak. Be the way He would want you to be. That will draw attention and keep praying. And we've been talking about this in Sunday school. And keep praying, Holy Spirit, open up that window, that door, so that I can ask that question, that I can share my faith. And even at some point, ask that question. And You know, not everybody, not everybody, not everybody will ask that question you know some people plant some people water some people some people reap Makes makes a lot of sense. The the and here's the thing about, you, you know, whether it be spiritual darkness or psychological darkness, because you're going into a dark place. Once you're there, it is easier to either to stay or to, to digress even farther. It, 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 it's, it's almost like the the natural law of inertia kind of applies in a certain way. Like what is the natural law of inertia? Inertia says that once something starts in motion, it will continue in that motion and, and without stopping until something basically comes against it, some type of friction. You know, you roll a ball. You know, that ball would, would roll infinitely if, if it didn't have the, the, the friction or the tension of gravity you know, pulling it down so it eventually slows down and, and comes to a stop. The and that's kind of the way with with I think even spiritual darkness or mental darkness. You know, this depression that once once that ball gets rolling, it is so much easier for that thing just to keep digressing and going down. But here's the beautiful thing about Jesus: Jesus is the tension. Or the friction that can stop to this and send it back the other way. So it is absolutely the most important times to reach out to God. We should be reaching out to God all the time. You know, Paul talks about praying without ceasing. What's he talking about? Just having this attitude of all the time of just being in conversation and and hanging with Jesus. You know. But when, but if, if if we're starting to slip in sin, or we're starting to get depressed, or our anxieties. Even though the most comfortable thing, the most natural thing, was was to continue just to kind of digress, that's when it's the most important to embrace the light. That's when it's most important to 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 embrace the one who has the ability to resist and to change their circumstance. And I, I get that. You know, there's there been there were times, there were times after. I was talking about this yesterday. It's been a crazy year. You know, like I said, the last 14, 15 months, I've lost both parents, my dog, and all three of cancer. And my wife's blood works that she has cancer, and they just don't know where it was. So it's been, a kind of a, it's been kind of a crazy year. And I I'll I admit, even me, I'm not even, I'm not even a person who suffers with depression, but there were days because of all the stuffs. There were days I'd be in bed. I just don't want to get out of bed. I just don't feel like getting dressed. I don't feel like getting a shower. I don't feel like brushing my teeth. I don't even feel like going to work. I mean, it's just like, man, I just want to sit here and and, and wallow. <laughs> you, you you know, and, and and that's so I've experienced. That. I know what that is, and it was it is easy. It was easier for me. Not to get out of bed. I mean, sometimes it it took Sue really poking me in the side, and you're going to be late for work, or you're going to. I mean, just get being angry because I'm not listening. You you, you know, it's just like, why do you set the alarm? You don't ever get. You know, it's. It, and I'm not picking on Sue. This 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 is a realization of where I was, and where I, I I can be sometimes. I don't I don't struggle with with depression. There are people that struggle with depression who. I mean, because of chemical imbalances or or trauma, that this is just some monster they wrangle with, you know, all the time. You know, for me, it was very situational. I, I mean, it was just just the crap hitting the fan, and it just didn't seem like it was ever not hitting the fan. I I, I get that, and it, when it was easier. It's 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 easier when you're starting to get overwhelmed just to stop. <laughs> it just is. The. But that's, that's, too, when it's so important, our relationship with Christ. And, and, there's, and there's, here's another witnessing thing. When I, I get the strength to you know, get up and tie my shoes and, and go on and, and go to work and go do whatever, that is a testimony of the fact that when I just want to stop, the Holy Spirit gives me the ability to, to suck it up and go on. Because I'll tell you, there's been times in the last year, year and a half, I have not had it in me to suck it up and go on. The, the, um, the testimony that comes out of that is, here's another opportunity for witnessing. I, I know this This is a little bit different context of of the lesson, but this is still witnessing, so this is still important. Someday, and I say someday, I talk to these folks a lot. I would say someday, I'm going to be talking to somebody who the crap's been hitting the fan in their life for a very long time. And they just want to stop. And I have the ability to say, I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. Because of Jesus, even even when I didn't want to go, I had the ability to. And I almost liken it to when I played football, the we were the we were the smallest AAA school in West Virginia. Martinsburg was back in then. I mean they're huge now and everything, but back then we were the smallest AAA school in the entire state. We had the smallest football team, we had the smallest everything, smallest people, smallest numbers, smallest everything. So Air Coach said because we're the smallest in the everything, we are going to be the fastest. And we're going to have the most endurance. Let me tell you what. We beat teams that were three times our size, much larger, because we wore them down. They would be, it was almost like Rocky and Mr. T. You, you, You know, going into the tail, the tail end of that third quarter, we would be beat down and we just wouldn't want to get up. But the problem was we'd be like Rocky because we would get up. And we would eventually win because we had. So I know what it likes to be hurting. And, and, and this, is a, this, is this, this is the athletic thing, but it, it, it has a true parallel in, in psychological world. I know what it's like to be so beat down from having a lineman 75, 80 pounds heavier than me pound on me for three quarters and not even want to be able to pick myself up by all, off the ground but still pound that son of a gun to the last second of the fourth quarter and be an overcomer because of it. That happens, too, with depression and anxiety and any kind of any kind of distress that we go through. The world, people, well, people love beating you down. There's just, there's just this thing in people that just really like tearing you up and beating you down. I, I, I just don't even get it. People will beat you down. The world will beat you down. Satan will beat you down. Sin will beat you down. The world in general will beat you down. But you are building the testimony that when you are down flat, that God has given you the ability, that even when it hurt, to stand back up. The Bible talks about this. Why, why, does, why does God allow this kind of thing in our life? We've talked about you know why good things happen or bad things happen to good people. There's there's lots of complicated reasons. But there's another one. We we see in the Bible that 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 sometimes we experience these things so that we can share the same hope with others that, that God has shown us. So it is our responsibility to share the love of Christ. It is a responsibility to say, hey, if God opens that door, run through it. You, you know, you got a choice to make. You can't make it without God. You have the ability to witness, you know, to a person that's beat down and, and, and just doesn't want to get out of bed. You know, I've been there. I know that. If you're somebody that really struggles with depression and anxiety, I can't imagine what that's like. Because I know just the times that I've felt beat down and didn't want to get out of bed over the last year, It stinks. I, I mean, it just bites. It just, there's no nice way to put it. I can't imagine wrangling with that thing your, your whole life. But, but, but when you are wrangling with that thing your entire life, sometimes the only light that you will ever find is the light we find in Christ. And, and, and you need to be able to share that. You, you know, and that's, so And here's the thing about lightness and dark. Let's go back to this question. You know, which one are you going to be? You know, the, you're going to love the light, love the dark. We need to be able to witness to the world and to teach the world that the light isn't something to be scared of. It's something to embrace. Because when the world is really, really cold, let's say we're out camping, and the world is really, really cold, where do you find your warmth? A campfire with the light. We need to be able to share that. You know, Sue's back to her left, like, yeah, he can't, stay, he can't start a campfire for to save his life. Oh, there he goes. That's even better. We're going to go in the tent with the electric heater. No, I, I'm not a good fire starter. <laughs> I've got lots of stories of not being able to get fire started. But we do have a responsibility to share light. Because I'm telling you, you hold within you, you know, there's, there's this phrase that I, I've said lots and often on over years, you know, there, there's, there's no, no one thing is the magic bullet to take care of it. Well, we do have the magic bullet. The magic bullet is Christ. We have, we have the thing, the one thing that has the ability to fix everything and to fix everything wholly and completely. And you, that's tucked down inside you. Great responsibility comes with having that tucked down inside you. You should be sharing that. You should be asking for those opportunities to share that. Again, I'm not trying to make you all into a group of preachers. That's not my. That's not. That's that's not, God hasn't called everybody to be preachers, but He has called you. When 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 He sends people your way and those doors open, He has absolutely called you to share. That's the whole Great Commission. The whole great, the, the great commission, to teach people in the ways that I've commanded. You know, Jesus is saying this. That wasn't to, he he wasn't talking just to pastors. He wasn't just talking to evangelists. That's a word to you. So 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 sometimes witnessing this is just as simple as teaching. Being explaining, you know what. Y'all remember my favorite favorite witness story in the entire Bible? The blind guy. Yeah, I don't. And why is it my favorite? It's because he didn't even really have to fully understand it. They were like, you know, how did that Jesus heal you? What did he do? What 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 did, did he say this? Did he say that? What did, and he's like, I don't know. I, I, all I know is I was once a blind guy, and now I see. He, you know, that's that's... For me, that is the most powerful witnessing statement in the entire Bible. And that's something that every one of us had the ability to say. I was once one way. I'm not that way anymore. i got a long way to go. i got a long way to go to be what anybody would consider a good person. But I'm, I'm, I'm in the right direction and I'm not the same because of Jesus. It's that simple. Witnessing doesn't have to. We can teach classes on witnessing. We we have apps that we can show people. It's it doesn't even have to be that complicated. You know, I was once in a bad place. Still not in the best of places, but I'm in a better place now because of Jesus. That's all witnessing is. It's it's not that hard. Not that hard. Uh, uh, number eight. Number eight. Even in the search for the truth, Nicodemus remained resistant to it, and that we can say is absolutely true. You, you know, even when he was talking with Jesus, you know, he was like, "It's born again." You know, how can can I enter into a, the, my mother's womb? You know, he's, so we even seen he's even though he's embracing truth and he's wanting to understand truth, there's some resisting there, and and scholars today still you know argue. You know whether or not he even you know, converted. You know my opinion. He absolutely did. And why? I'm, I'm not going to go through that again. This is even in the search for truth. Nicodemus remained resistant to it. What are some factors that cause people to resist? In what areas in your life and what degree are you resisting? Let's, let's look at the first one. What causes people to resist the truth of God? Wow, that's like in stereo pride. Yes. Very much so. I don't need God. You know, I'm self-sufficient. I, 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 I can do it on my own. That was me. That was my story. Again, I was, a, I was between my freshman and high school years of, of, of high school, the, the athlete, I thought I had the world by the tail. You, you know, all, all 14, 15 year olds, we believe we have the world by the tail. I didn't see the need. It was pride. You were absolutely correct. Let me throw out a possibility and see. let me know what your response is. Could they be resisting? Is it a hard story to buy into? (laughs) The whole Jesus thing. He's God. Just as fully God, fully man. Did miracles. We didn't see him. We see this book. They talk about it. Rome, the machine the, the powerful machine of the world, you know, ground him down and, and spit him back out. I the Oh absolutely. We see other people with the same issue. The rich guy you know comes to Jesus hey how how do i you know what do i need to be saved he said sell everything you own i was like oh maybe not <laughs> you know so so we we see that in other people too to it's, heart, that need to some by faith. it's true Absolutely. These are all amazing answers. You know, kind of that self-sufficiency thing, be afraid of losing things. You, you, you know, all of, these, all of these things are huge, huge answers. Did you have this? I love this. Hands are going up. I love it. Sign of weakness. You might be afraid it's a sign of weakness. That, that Jesus guy's a crutch. That's, an, that's a huge one. Absolutely. Why? Because what does this world teach you? I'm like to say, this world—it's not this way everywhere in the world. What does the American culture, especially, teach young men? You have to be hard as nails. You can't cry. You can't do any of these things. You have to be—you have to be tough y you, you, you know and, and so some might say you know this Jesus guy he's going to make me a touchy feely guy i mean we, i don't want to sit around in a circle and sing kumbaya you, you, you know I, I want to be i need i need to be tough that's no that's very true huh john, john men and well, absolutely script there that john the baptist you know, mm mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, this line, this line that John the Baptist says, like I said, this conversation, this conversation they had in the way, that, that's, that's the chosen, it's not straight out of the Bible. Everything that he's saying, these questions he's saying, these principles he's saying, they are all absolutely in the Bible. The Jesus Revolution, yes. A different person than normal, abnormal, like, you know, out there. Um, and I know some people maybe carry that, uh, you know, to an extreme, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Bible says we are a peculiar people. We're different. And we should, there should be a difference that's noticeable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You know, and, uh, uh, that's one of the things that I think that some people try to avoid They do. D C Talk, one of the one of um, Toby Mac's first bands, um has song, you know, what will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will they think when they hear that this true find that it this you know? Yeah, so that's that's one of those that people worry about getting getting those labels. Sally? Absolutely. I, I, I mean, that's that huge. Sometimes they don't want to be... Christians are called to be very different. We're afraid sometimes that when we are different, that people will kind of ridicule that. Because I'll tell you, this, this is a cruel, cruel world. This world loves to ridicule people for their differences. And, and the thing that's really cool about differences is none of these differences are an accident, none of them are a mistake. It's by design. Our differences, God has made us this way for a reason. So we like to you know, decide who's strong and who's not. We, we try to decide who's tough as nails and who's not, who's worthy and who's not, who makes the cut and who's not. But the, 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 the cool thing about God is he, 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 even our differences, the things that people ridicule us for, they're there for a reason God has done this is is a, a beautiful tapestry. You, you know nobody nobody's a mistake. Huh? Well, is I the church for absolutely. the church Yes, and that's that guilt thing. You know, sometimes that's that condemnation thing that's the devil thing you know sometimes it, sometimes they resist because they don't feel they, they feel condemned they don't feel worthy and, and sometimes they resist because they don't want to go to church I, I can assure you there have been times in my life where I've not wanted to go to church because church people can be mean I mean church people can be mean some of my biggest hurts in my entire life have been at the hands of the church I one time I went two years and didn't step foot in the church because I'd had enough of church people, you know, true story. You you know, so it's but yeah, so all these things that all these things will cause people to resist the message of Christ. Let's go back to my question. Is it a story that people might resist? Because is it is it does it seem like a tall tale that would be kind of difficult to accept something that big? I think probably for some people, they will resist for that reason. People who have scientific minds, and, and that's kind of, and again, everybody knows I love science, but people who embrace science as the end of all means, it will be one of these things. How, how do you make something, how does something move from, from hypothesis, an educated decision to a law? It's because you can reproduce it. You can do something and then reproduce it over and over and over and over and over. The, and that's easy. That would be easier. Let's, let's say it would be easier to say if I always take this, this, this clear thing of water, if I always put drops of blue dye in it, the water always turns blue. That, that's something that's, that's easy to see. I can reproduce that over and over and over. And, and everybody can see that it's blue. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, Jesus just as reliably does that over and, over and over and over and over and over and causes changes over and over and over. But it's not sometimes as easy to see <laughs> as the blue water. You know, so it's just like, is what is, this? But I can tell you, and this is why witnessing becomes so important. The I've done enough in school that you could probably put me up here and I could probably argue with an atheist for you know, half hour, 45 minutes to an hour about the existence of God. You, you, you know, that, that's, that, that's just because of... Here's the thing though. That's, that would still be a battle of words. That would be a battle of philosophies. You, you know, that, would be, that would be a battle of you, you know, lots and lots of things. What is the one thing and we were talking about this just a little bit ago. What is the one thing that, 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 that is the absolute proof that, that the resurrection did happen? You know, and I'm not talking about, well, the disciples, they were scared and they, they ran off, and, and now all of a sudden they were being, they were being killed for this, you know, all these things for the sake of Christ. None of you know, These are arguments I could have with the, the atheist, you know, scholar. But in you, what is the one thing? The one thing that is the proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Change. Once was blind, now you see. Nobody can argue with that. See, and there's even... I can give you five arguments why people say that, that that wasn't even the deal. They went to the wrong tomb, that, that they were disoriented, they were stressed. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of arguments, even about the empty tomb. But nobody... Nobody can can take from you your testimony that you were once blind and now you see that there is a change in you. That is one thing that nobody. And why is that so powerful? I didn't feel the need. Remember my pride. I was. I didn't feel the need for Jesus. But when I when when I, I said, "Hey, okay, I'm all in," I was a different person. I didn't self help. That I didn't read a book. I surrendered. And the ball started rolling, making me into a different person. Only a resurrected Jesus could have made that kind of change. Bill? Today, a new creature. New creature. Absolutely. In. And that's the beautiful thing about this witnessing we're talking about. I'm not asking you to memorize the book of Romans and the spit it at people. What I'm asking you is to embrace your story that you were once one way and you are now a different way and the only thing that's changed is Jesus. That is the proof of the pudding. That is the proof of the resurrection. I, I mean, like I said, I could put up a good argument over, or, over scientific things and philosophy and all these things, but that, all, all, that is, I, all that could be hogwash. They believe just as strongly their viewpoint based on their philosophy, that I do mine. The difference between me and them is I am different, and it's because of a resurrected Savior. That's your story. That's your witness. That's the thing you need to share with people. If you can share with them the right scripture at the right time, hallelujah, God bless you. That's good. I'm not dogging that. I want, that's, a, that's an awesome thing to be able to share a scripture at the right time with the right person. But through your study, that's great. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But what's more important is that you can share that I'm different because of Jesus lives. I know that He lives because I didn't. I didn't make this change on my own. I didn't feel the need for that change on my own. There have been things that have changed in me in the last thirty years. I didn't even realize needed to be changed. You you know, it's just. What's that? at least he recognized he understood the source even though he didn't get how it had happened you, absolutely and and that's that's why that's the thing that is the thing being god's witness that is that that is that's 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 where it's at you know you don't, have to, you don't have to go to school for more years than any, what any human should have to go to school to be able to share Christ. You don't have to be able to tell people you, you, you know, some of the f- funky things I can tell you about the Middle Eastern or the Near East history and everything through the, these centuries yeah, it's all cool stuff. There are people who might actually be interested in it, but it doesn't matter to a hill of beans. You know, you know, where the rubber meets the road, where the rubber meets the road is the only thing that really matters. What I have to say is I know that Jesus is alive because I'm different. You, you know, that's that's that is and, and I don't care if you are a brand new Christian. I, I mean, just said last week, you know, I, I surrender or you're or you're the, the guy like me that's been doing it for decades. And like I said, went to school for more years than a human should ever have to. I don't care my witness is no more powerful than that new Christian that says, I was once blind. But now see, in fact, it probably means just a little bit more because I can give you the polished answers. I know the right stuff to say. I I mean, I don't do this. But with knowledge, you have the ability to manipulate. I'm not manipulating anybody. I'm telling you the truth. But somebody who is new in the faith, and they see that change in themselves, they don't have the ability to manipulate you. They can't twist scripture, they can't do this, they can't do that. They're just telling you the truth that I'm changed. And to me, that's more powerful than anything I could ever spit out of the pulpit. You, you, you know, that that's I'm changed. That's a witness. That's what I want. That's what I want for you folks. To be able to tell somebody I'm different. Is there any other comments before we pray? All right. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you as we've continued this lesson in, 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 in being your witness. God, just let us just, just let us be quick to share the hope that you've given us. Just let us be quick to share our story. Even if we don't know the Bible well. You know, teach us the Bible better. We want to learn about we Give us a passion for reading it. Give us a passion for embracing it. Hold it deep in our hearts so that we can even you know spit it back at somebody if if they need to hear your word but but even more importantly god let us have the strength and the courage just to share what you've done for us cuz that's what the world really needs a blind man just needs to hear from somebody else who used to be blind that you can see that that's 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 the whole that's the whole premise behind witnessing one beggar Showing another beggar where to find bread. Let us be that. Let us be that beggar. Let us be that, that one who came to you. May we share the fact that you are the bread of life with them as well. God, we love you. God, We ask that you just continue to grow us and give us the strength to be your witness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.